You're listening to Source Daily. Join us Monday through Friday to stay up to date on what's happening in North Central Ohio. We'll be sharing a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other news, local history, memorials, answers to your questions, and more. Today, the Ashland County Jail has asked law enforcement partners throughout the county to reevaluate whether offenders should be jailed or not. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our friends and sponsors at Mechanics Bank. Whether you're looking for a mortgage, a home equity loan, investment services, or just a great local bank, stop by and see us. Head over to MyMechanics.com to learn more and find a location that's convenient for you. Now our feature story. The Ashland County Jail has asked its law enforcement partners throughout the county to reevaluate whether offenders should be jailed in order to, quote, allow the population to go down, according to Ashland County Sheriff's Chief Deputy David Blake. Blake said the jail's population got a little crowded last week. To curb that, he said the jail requested that police officers, deputies, the prosecutor's office, and the courts reevaluate whether a summons could be issued instead so those offenders could be picked up for jail at a later date. He also emphasized that they haven't refused anyone, refuting a rumor circulating around town that the jail is refusing new inmates if they are considered nonviolent offenders. Lieutenant Tara Reed said determining whether inmates are violent or nonviolent is not a way they determine whether someone ends up in jail. She says it's more of whether they are a threat to the community. Today's jail population is 117. The max is 150, but the jail starts to feel overcrowded at 120. For more on this story, visit richlandsource.com or click the link in our show notes. Next, this story is sponsored by J.C. Elgin, attorney and counselor at law. Throughout his entire legal career, attorney J.C. Elgin has represented debtors in bankruptcy, helping them in turning their financial lives around and starting fresh. Directly out of law school, he began his private practice in Shelby, then represented the county as a creditor, an entity trying to collect a debtor's money at the prosecutor's office before returning to his private practice. We sat down with J.C. to learn more about his background and his practice. I have done this for, I've represented debtors my entire legal career, which is um, five years. When I was at the prosecutor's office for two years, I represented creditors, which is the other side, the people to who you owe money, because the county, often people owed the county money, so we were creditors in bankruptcy. So I've been on both sides. I've represented the people you owe money to and the people who owe the money. Um, Now, and for the last two years, I've been exclusively representing debtors, people that owe the money. How'd you start your own practice, your own private practice? Directly out of law school, I started my practice in Shelby in 2017. Worked in that about a year and a half before I went full-time with the prosecutor's office. Um, And then in December of 2020, I left the prosecutor's office, returned to private practice. Certainly, you know, um, in private practice, I get to work with a lot more people. I get to help debtors and people that are kind of, on the, the losing end of these these kinds of situations, I enjoy that a lot better uh, than representing the county tax collector trying to take money from people who don't have it. <laughs> right. Can you kind of walk through exactly what bankruptcy is and how you help? Yeah. So whenever someone is not able to pay their bills, whether it's a person or a company, um, there are options under federal law that allow them to either be excused from paying 
or to renegotiate the deals they've already negotiated so that they can survive on the other end. Individuals can file under Chapter 7, 11, 12, and 13, although the vast majority of people are either 7s or 13s. A, a 7 is a liquidation where everything you own is sold and that money is given to your creditors. Individuals, however, get exemptions of stuff they're allowed to keep. The exemptions in Ohio are very generous. They can keep one vehicle up to a certain dollar threshold. They can almost always keep their house. And the, the short of it is basically uh, most people who are in Chapter 7 end up not having to turn over any property, and they still get their debt erased. Chapter 7, however, has an income limit that if you're over that limit, they won't let you do a 7 anymore. That's when we look at a 13. Um, and, and in Chapter 7, the process takes about four months. We meet with the trustee once, um, and then they get their discharge and their debts wiped out. In a Chapter 13, they reorganize the debt so that people can actually pay it. The 13 can take three to five years, depending on the person's income, but anyone, nearly anyone can get a 13, whereas a 7 is reserved for people with certain income levels. Okay. To learn more about J.C. and his practice, visit jcelgin.com. Next, some local history. Did you know that Ohio native Jim Cummings is a famous voice actor? Since beginning his career in the 1980s, he has appeared in almost 400 roles. Cummings has frequently worked with Disney and Warner Brothers. He has been the official voice of Winnie the Pooh since 1988, Tigger since 1989, the Tasmanian Devil since 1991, and Pete since 1992. Other notable roles include Fat Cat and Monterey Jack on Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Darkwing Duck, Dr. Robotnik on the Sonic the Hedgehog animated series, Ka on Jungle Cubs, and Cat on Catdog. Before we continue, we'd like to thank our friends and sponsors at Area Agency on Aging. Are you struggling to pay your home energy bills? You're in luck. The Home Energy Assistance Program at Area Agency on Aging can help. Stop in for an application at 2131 Park Avenue West in Ontario or visit aaa5ohio.org. Finally, we'd like to take a moment to remember the life of James Clifford Silcox of Mansfield. James was born in Norwalk in 1960 and had been an area resident for the majority of his life. James graduated from Broadview Heights High School in Cleveland and obtained his associate degree in criminal justice from North Central State College. He worked as an auxiliary police officer in Plymouth for 10 years, a Richland County Corrections officer for 11 years, and most recently worked at his son's business, Silcox Contracting. He was a devoted, born-again Christian and was highly involved at the Fusion Church in Lexington. His lifelong dream was to meet Jesus, and he never hesitated to share his testimony with everyone he met. In his free time, James loved playing trains with his grandson, spending time with his family, hunting and fishing. He was also a talented artist and enjoyed painting and reminiscing about his high school band, The Dead White Kitties, in which he played bass. He is survived by his wife, Marge, his mother, his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandson, his siblings, numerous nieces, nephews, and other relatives. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember James's life. You can submit an obituary for free on Richland Source. To learn more, click the link in our show notes or visit richlandsource.com slash obituaries slash submit. Thanks for listening. Join us again tomorrow. 
Also, make sure to head over to richlandsource.com and click the Be a Member button to help support independent local journalism that informs and inspires. Every contribution goes to helping us make Richland County a better place and to help keep our journalism free. Also, if you like this podcast and want to hear more, make sure to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts.